So we are continuing to move through this season of Advent. Advent's a weird time where we look forward and also back. We remember and we prepare to celebrate what happened 2,000 years ago when Jesus was born in Bethlehem. We also, in the present, prepare ourselves, much like we decorate our homes. We prepare our hearts and our minds for the birth of Jesus into our lives again. We ask for Jesus' presence to be renewed for us. We take seriously that this is not just good news, but good news for us today, right now. And then we look forward to that moment when Christ shall come again, when we will be seated at that glorious banquet with all of God's beloved, and mourning and crying and death will be no more, for the first things have passed away. It's a weird place to be, looking simultaneously backward and forward. But really, the only way we can prepare for what is to come is by remembering what has been. I don't know about you, but I have yet to experience the resurrection of the dead and the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. I can't know what to expect from that. Everything we have is our best guesses. Anyone who tells you otherwise is selling you something. We've got some hints in scripture, some metaphors and parables, but what we have is the opportunity to look back and to say that God's people have come face to face with God before and to ask what we can learn from those experiences. And so we're pulling out this Advent, some of those experiences when God's people have met God face to face. Last week we heard from Moses on Mount Sinai, one of the defining events of the people of Israel when the law was handed down. Today we're going to reach back even a little bit further than that to the story of Abraham and Sarah. Father Abraham, if you'll recall, the one who, who is the patriarch, the forefather of God's chosen people. The story begins in Genesis chapter 12 when God calls Abraham to leave his home and to travel to a foreign land, to live among foreign people as a stranger and an immigrant. And Abraham, in his faithfulness, gets up and goes and travels. And by the time we get to this point today, Abram has been in the land for a while, and he does not yet have a son. And so the promise of having this land and being able to pass it on to your descendants is meaningless without an heir. And that's when God shows up. Abram has gotten to old age, well past the point at which he could possibly expect to have children. Like, not like, you know, 
an older parent that we might encounter today who has a kid in maybe in their 40s or even their 50s. No, no, no. Abram is like in his 70s and 80s by this point. It's not just outside of the realm of likelihood. It's outside of the realms of, model, of medical possibility. He's given up hope. Given up hope. He adopted the head of his household, the steward of his household, the person who managed all of his finances for him, the CEO of the small business that Abram ran. He said, without a child of my own, this one will be my heir. He's one of the people that lives here. He's not one of my people. Abram had given up. Have you ever gotten to the point where you've given up? It's a terrible place to be. I find these moments of despair show up in everybody's life at some point. Sometimes it's because of the loss of employment as we've seen in our community in the last week. Sometimes it's because of the loss of a relationship, whether that's a long-term romantic relationship or a marriage that dissolves. Sometimes it's because of the loss of a relationship and includes grief and death. There are all sorts of occasions when we all encounter that feeling of hopelessness and despair. I bet you've been there before. I know that I have. And that's where Abram was. Abraham had given up. Why bother God moving me to this place just so that I can live here without an heir? And it's there at his lowest point. That God shows up. The word of God. I love the way that the original text reads on this. The word of God happened to Abraham. It happens to us. We don't just hear it and observe it. It happens to us. It brings about change in us. The word of God happened to Abraham. And reminded Abraham of the promise that he had been given. That this land will be yours. And Abraham's first response out of his despair is to say, But God, I don't have a child. What are you going to do about that? And Abraham and God make this promise. It happens in the deep dark of night. One of my friends likes to say that nothing good ever happens between 2 and 4 a.m. Right? You can stay up till late at night, maybe midnight 1 when we were younger. I can't anymore. Once upon a time I could. Right? I could go out and I could have a great time and maybe get home and get in bed by 2. Or I can get up early, as happens more often now. Perhaps as early as 4 or 4.30. Before the sun gets up. But nothing good ever happens between 2 and 4 a.m. 
neither for the late-nighters or the early-morningers. If you're up between two or four, something is wrong, and usually it's in that you're in that place of hopelessness. In the deep darkness of night, love the way that Genesis talks about it, it was in the deep darkness, the deep, terrifying darkness of night. And that's when God shows up. And a deep sleep falls over Abram. And God makes Abram a promise, a covenant. If you notice, it's one of these little weirdly gory stories that we pass over. What Abram does is he cuts all of these animals in half. Think about that for a moment. Nothing but hand tools and early knives, right? Like cutting a full calf in half. Abram cuts these calves in half and, and, and these goats in half and he spreads them apart and leaves a path in between them. And God, in a fiery flame and a smoking pot, goes between them. What God says is if this promise does not come to pass, if I don't keep my covenant with you, Abram, let this happen to me. God swears by God. God swears by himself. God swears on his own life to take care of Abram. In the deepest darkness of hopelessness, that's where God shows up. And it's not just to Abram. We jump forward to the story of the crucifixion and everything of those last three days happens in darkness. Jesus is arrested at night. He is tried at night. He is crucified in the morning, but if you notice, deep darkness falls over all the land in the midst of that crucifixion. And then on the third day, the disciples had given up hope. Three days and you know that somebody's dead. They're not coming back. No breath, no movement for three days. And so they go to treat the body for burial, to cover it with, with herbs and oils so that it doesn't smell, to pray over it. They go when they have given up any hope that perhaps he had just passed out. Perhaps he was coming back. They go before the sun had risen on the third day. My favorite worship services always happen at night too, right? There's Christmas Eve that happens after sunset and Easter morning, that sunrise service that happens before the sun rises because they had gone that third day before the sun had risen while it was still dark and looked into the darkness of tomb and it's there that they found it empty. Only when they had given up hope did they discover the never-failing promise of God. Too often, too often we think that I can basically do this on my own. That if I just try harder, it will all work out. That if I just put more effort in, and what scripture tells us again and again and again is to trust in the Lord our God with all of our strength, 
all of our mind, and all of our soul. Not in ourselves, but in God. And sometimes I wonder if what that means is we spend so long trying to do it ourselves that we're not able to ask God for help. If we spend so long doing it ourselves and depending on ourselves that we're not able to see the hand of God outstretched to us. Again and again in Scripture, the promise of God, the presence of God, comes only when people have stopped depending on themselves and are ready to accept God's help. It's not an easy thing to do, to give up, to say, God, this is in your hands. But it's precisely what God tells us to do this Advent. We are waiting for God to return, for God's full presence to be felt among us in the way that it was at that first Christmas. We are waiting for the coming of God's kingdom in ways that are overwhelming to us and undeniable. Maybe that means that we have to stop trying to do it all ourselves and put it into God's hands. One great thinker once said, that I have held on to many things in my life, and I have lost them all. I've held on to many things in my life, and I've lost them all. But everything that I have placed into God's hand, I have never lost. Hmm. Unless my memory is wrong on this, that was Martin Luther who said that. And Martin Luther buried his beloved child, shortly before that. He knew what it was to lose and to experience hopelessness. It turns out when we lose our loved ones, we can't bring them back, no matter how much we might desire to. We can't heal that grief, no matter how much we might desire to. It turns out that I can't put an end to COVID-19 and the coronavirus all by myself no matter how much I might like to, no matter how much I might desire to. Turns out that I can't make sure that everyone in our community is fully employed and making a living wage. I've held on to many things in my life, and I've lost them all. But whatever I've placed into God's hand, I still have. What are you holding on to by yourself? What is the burden that you are struggling to bear all on your own? This Advent, as we prepare the way of the Lord, God calls us to set it down and place it into God's hand. God calls us to give up those burdens, to let go of those things in our hands, to stop struggling and fighting and place it into God's hand to meet the hope of God in the midst of our hopelessness.
to discover resurrection in the empty tomb. The promise of children as many as the stars in the midst of barrenness and old age. Set it down. Stop trying to carry it by yourself. Stop trying to accomplish it all on your own. And turn to the one that never fails. God has promised you, beloved child of God, God has promised you to always be present in your life, to never stop loving and caring for you. God has promised you, and God's promise never fails. Set it down and hand it over to God.